This podcast is brought to you by Upgrade Fitness, Guernsey's new state-of-the-art gym, purpose-built for gym goers by gym lovers. Head to upgrade.fitness to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into island sport every Wednesday, brought to you in association with Upgrade Fitness. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we'll talk GFC, Guernsey Raiders, both sides in action at Foots Lane on Saturday, one starting their season in the league, uh, one with their first friendly. We'll also take a look at the Commonwealth Youth Games, uh, which have been going on over in Trinidad. We'll hear from Guernsey cyclist Helena Dugard. We'll also talk cricket, Guernsey's under-19s in action over in the Netherlands in their World Cup qualifier. Um, Guernsey's touch players are off to the Euros this week. We'll hear from their coach and we'll um, talk darts as well. Uh, my name is Tony Kerr, and with me to do all that is Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. Good to see you, Gareth. You bask in your glory oh, of your well, uh, paddle victory, the media paddle champions, the Guernsey Press. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been a week of sporting highs and lows, uh, really, <laughs> from me, as you say. A uh, bit of a high on Friday night, partnering uh, our colleague Tom Porter to victory in the prestigious inaugural uh, Island Paddle Championships media trophy. Um, yeah, winners over the BBC in the, uh, the well, the straight to final final. <laughs> Um, just two pairs involved in that one um but yeah trophy's a trophy exactly <laughs> nice bit of silverware It'll look very good next to the orchard quiz uh media quiz yeah. trophy which we picked up last year as well not to uh, blow our own trumpet um so that was that was a good outing um but yeah it came just a couple of days after a, a crushing blow it has to be said um jamie ingrall bowled over to uh to my desk in the office here uh, Jamie being responsible for organising our Interfirm Relay team, uh, which, uh, yeah, he sent an email out well, a few weeks ago now uh, looking for expressions of interest from uh, from our colleagues. I was very quick to reply after my gutsy eight-minute performance <laughs> last year um, to say, yeah, count me in. Um, we had two teams last year. Um, but anyway, yeah, Jamie walked over my desk, um, told me that for the team of four, we'd had five applicants. <laughs> Um, that he'd be naming a first reserve, and you can guess <laughs> you can guess who was named as first reserve. I like the way he tried to sort of soften the blow by saying, "You are first reserve, not that you've missed out. You're not good enough." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and to be fair, when you look at the uh, you look at the slate of the others, um, yeah, you, yes, it's a younger, more sprightly for um, anchored by Mike Batiste, who's just won the All Terrain Challenge. So I wasn't definitely wasn't going to displace him from the team. No, I think it's a fair enough choice to be honest. It's one, it's one of those. <laughs> if we were doing a big uh, analysis in the press, it, it wouldn't have come as a surprise to anybody <laughs> that you were the one to miss out of that five. Yeah, I think I've probably got the slowest time amongst them. But there we go. Uh, nonetheless, a very crushing moment. Um, I think Jamie has got a future in sports administration because he's clearly not afraid to make the tough decisions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, fair play to Jamie and uh, fair play to the four. I think it's next week. So um, we'll uh, we'll report on how they get on and we'll be quick to put the boot in uh, if it all goes um, sort of belly up. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> good luck, guys. Um, right, let's move on to the proper sport then um, because, yeah, uh, lots going on at the moment. Lots of Guernsey sports people kind of all over the world doing stuff. And a busy weekend coming up um, back here as well, because, yeah, I mean, it, well, it hasn't felt like summer at all this summer, um, but the uh, the winter autumn kind of seasons uh, about to land on us. Um, as mentioned at the top, Guernsey Raiders have got their first friendly, um, first warm up game down on the old club pitch this Saturday. Uh, that's just after GFC have started their league campaign in the Isthmian South Central. So, um, yeah. 
we're, well, it's where we're going to be, isn't it, for probably most weekends for the next six months, Gareth? Well, m- yeah, most of them. Not this weekend for me. I'll, I'll still be in cricket mode, but um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's already that time of the year now that, uh, well, obviously the football season seems to last about 10 months anyway, and with the Ireland Games having just been and gone, it's, uh, we haven't had much break from football, but it's probably a good thing for GFC, the fact that they'll be fit and firing, ready to go, and sort of eager to, to get back in action after the Ireland Games. And um, yeah, and speaking to Jordan Reynolds today... Um, I'm, I'm getting almost quite excited now. The rugby season's just around the corner with the World Cup looming as well. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, exciting times yet again. Yeah, definitely. Raiders um, taking on Havent uh, on the, the old club pitch uh, down at Footstain, two o'clock kickoff. Uh, so it is going to be busy down there. Um, GFC taking on Westfield in the Isthmian South Central opener. Um, the back page of today's paper, Gareth, um, an article from our colleague Harry, um, who's been speaking to Tony Vance uh, ahead of the season. In fact, we'll hear from him in a moment. Um, but yeah, Good to hear that there's some uh, some new young faces um, uh, who've been training with the squad ahead of the season. Uh, notably from North, a couple of their young stars, Jamie Smith and Owen Woolbridge, who've sort of featured obviously heavily for age group uh, Island sides in the last couple of years. Um, Jack Griffin as well, the young 16-year-old forward from Sylvans. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I suppose that will be a huge positive to, to well, Tony Vance and GFC that, that clearly, you know, the young players in the island still want to be a part of that setup. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is still sort of the best level that you can play at on a regular basis in, in local football. So, um, yeah, it's, it's always nice to get an, an influx of fresh faces. Um, and certainly sort of a couple of those you've mentioned, we've, we've seen sort of quite a lot of, especially in the, the under 18 setup in the last couple of years with um, with their uh, Stranger Cup success of a couple of seasons ago. And uh, certainly Owen Woolbridge and Jamie Smith played a huge part in that. They're very talented lads. So it'd be um, interesting to see um, just just how they got on. But it's great that they've sort of given themselves um, that opportunity. They've got, they've gone to pretty much all the preseason training, as far as I understand. So um, yeah, it'd be uh, it, it it is a big step up for them. But you know, it's the nature of the beast. Guernsey FC have been around for sort of over a decade now, and you, you do sort of see um, rotation of players. Some some will be some are getting sort of like to the towards the end of their career. So you need this uh, you need these fresh faces to come in. And hopefully they can make an impact. Yeah, well, let's hear a bit more from Guernsey FC's manager, Tony Vance. I spoke to him a little earlier on. Tony, first of all, um, yeah, not much of a, a summer all round, really, not least in terms of a break from football. How are you uh, How are you feeling ahead of Saturday? Yeah, it's come around very quick. Uh, you know, obviously, like you say, we, we haven't had a break, um, which is obviously not ideal. But from a football preparation point of view, we we can't really moan, you know. Year on year, we 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 say that it's it's never a level playing field in terms of we don't get a proper pre-season um, in comparison to the other clubs. And whilst they've probably had, you know, still a significant number more number of games than we've had, uh, at least we've had a program in terms of the Island Games. And um, I think it's fair to say that the players are going to go into this season probably the fittest they've ever been. Um, certainly a large chunk of them that that don't really I don't think put themselves in in a great physical shape given given what we have to deal with um so um those players in particular are in a much better shape and and ready to tackle a the, the hard graft of, of a season on the U, in the UK. Well, that must be really encouraging for, for you as uh, as coach. I mean, you know, in terms of the Island Games, I guess there might have been a sense uh, uh, that there would be a big transition of players after after the games. You know, there were some some of your sort of mainstays of the squad who are um, advancing in years, shall we say? Um, but has that come to pass? I mean, how, how much has the squad 
kind of changed in the last month or, or, or do you go in with with sort of much the same plus the sort of the youngsters that perhaps have, have sort of come into the the fold um this summer yeah to, to be honest you not at all um you know uh i think the island games was was uh obviously it didn't go according to plan but uh, you know i think i think it's it was realistic to be fair in, in where we are and um you know ultimately uh i think probably some of the senior players if if perhaps it had gone gone better for them um and we'd have got a medal or we'd have you know sort of exceeded expectations and maybe got to the final then uh then they might well have bowed out but um what it's done is it's given them a, a, a perhaps a I'm say a new lease of life but you know a, a situation where they're, they're not ready to quit yet on 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 that on that situation which was which was wholly a negative experience so uh that's good um i think i think some of those senior players you're talking about um uh, they're the ones that look after themselves pretty much um and um are able to to sort of sustain a a physical uh, battle for a year so um you know i don't i don't think we're going to lose anything from that in any way we're going to gain some of the experience uh, we have got some youngsters coming through which is great and and we need to start um, looking at these players because um, there's, there's a group of players that haven't really pushed on enough. Um, they, they've been good servants, uh, but um, you know, ultimately, sometimes you've got to freshen things up. Should fans turning up to Futsal on Saturday expect to see some of those new faces in the squad? Um, on the, the back page article um, in the paper today, um, a few names mentioned there, Owen Walbridge, Jamie Smith, um, uh, Jack Griffin as well. He's he's maybe a couple of years younger than the first two. But um, will we expect to see those straight away, or will it be a case of giving them their chance, sort of as it comes, uh, you know, as the season progresses? Yeah, so they've been training with us, but I mean, I think it's important that you know we're not going to go in throwing them into the lion's den, so to speak, and um, we'll, we'll gradually ease them in. Um, but those players that you've mentioned um, will 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 find their way in the squad. Um, as long as they're sort of able to, and uh, they're prepared to do so. Um, so um, yeah, they're, they're the ones I think that can perhaps make a difference for us. But we, we've got to get them up to speed, um, and they've got to sort of learn how to combine playing for their club, training with their club, as well as as well as um, giving giving Guernsey FC a, a proper a proper effort. You mentioned the, the the sort of the quality of preparation you've been able to to have, or, or the sort of quality of condition, I guess, that the squad goes into the season with off the back of the Island Games. We'll see how that plays out towards the back end of the season. Um, but in terms of the next few weeks, is it really important that you capitalise on that and hit the ground running? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, you know, let's not get carried away here. I mean, all we're doing is we're creating a level playing field against the opposition now, rather than going in. Um, behind in terms of preparation. So, uh, you know, every game is going to be tough. We don't know who we're going to be playing. They can sign anyone we like. We all know the story now. But um, what we are doing is going in with the level playing field. And, and now, hopefully, it's not going to be down to physicality and, and fitness. Um, it's going to be down to, to technical and tactical, um, perhaps a little bit of psychological uh, know-how. Uh, and that's ultimately going to be determine the difference rather than we're not at the races because we're not physically fit enough or strong enough. Does that give you a bit of extra spark as, as manager that, that you know that, it, well, hopefully that won't be a limitation uh, right now that you can, uh, I suppose, ask what you want from the players tactically and, and kind of, yeah, in terms of their approach to the game? Yeah, I, th I think for the first time in a long time, we're going to be able to um, 
sort of try and play the way we want to play. Uh, myself and Steve as coaches, uh, you know, in the past and, and previous years, we simply haven't been fit enough um, and good enough and strong enough to be able to play a, a decent level of football um, or decent style of football. So um, I'm hoping that uh, with the type of players that we've got in and around the group and those coming through in terms of the youngsters and, and the pace and dynamic sort of excitement that they will bring, we can we can actually start um, being a bit better on the ball because um, in the past, recent, recent past, we haven't been able to do that. So um, that's the bit I'm looking forward to doing because... Um, yeah, that's the way I like to see football played. Yeah, great. And and just in terms of sort of Guernsey football as a whole heading into the new season, as we said, you know, there hasn't really been any break, um, any meaningful break whatsoever. Um, I guess that you'll hope not to be involved in in sort of representative coaching come the back end of the season, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you answer that. But um, just in terms of sort of where things are heading, um, do you think that we can look forward to a more positive season overall than than the one that that, that we experienced last year as as, as Guernsey football. Yeah, representatively, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's all down to the the sort of the preparation opportunity, and um, you know, without sound like a scratch record, I've I've said we need change, and there isn't change. So uh, you can probably expect the same results. To be fair, um, you know, Jersey are far more. Um, you know, uh, in in a better in a better position, they proved that in the Island Games. Um, their games program is stronger. So, um, and um, you know, nothing's changed for for um, for the good of of our opportunities to do well in in Island-based fixtures, uh, Channel Island-based fixtures. So, um, it, you know, if 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 you were the sort of under eighteen, under twenty one manager, under sixteen, under fifteen. And you you haven't got the opportunity to train together because of because of the games programs, then uh, it, it's going to be hard. Um, so, um, but it's it's time for for some other people to come in and and try and try and uh, experience it um, and understand understand the, the 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 problems and the issues, and then uh, you know hopefully we can get some change. That's 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 what's required. Definitely required. Yeah, we'll perhaps return to some of these issues when we uh, we get back to our our regular football podcast, which will be starting again um, in a few weeks. Um, maybe on a more positive note, obviously uh, the, there's an amazing buzz around at the moment with the Women's World Cup on in Australia. Um, it's been a phenomenal tournament, and obviously, a, yeah, a little bit of a way to go there. And I'm sure everyone will be glued to it. Um, with Guernsey FC women. Um, kind of launched recently and I suppose everyone's sort of looking forward to seeing how that kind of takes off in the next few weeks, months and years. Um, does that feel like it's given a real boost to the whole Guernsey FC project, if you like? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's exciting and, um, you know, I think it's really important everyone embraces it because um, the, the women, you know, the, the girls, the pathway that's all been built up by Joelle Pengeli, um, Katie Watson, Nana Govine, who, who've all been involved as well. Um, and, and all the work the GFA have done in, in getting all these girls starting to play football. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to see it to believe it, the amount that are playing now. Um, but, you know, they hit 16, they've got nowhere to go because <laughs> there's no league structure, there's no teams. So this is perfect for them to um, to sort of aspire to, to get to, um, use it as a platform, hopefully, to go on to bigger and better things like Mayer, has the opportunity to do, and there's, there's a couple of you know girls who are coming through and, and even younger still that, that have got a real opportunity so um but they need that sort of final um sort of pathway 
um, sort of sort of position, if you like, and and um, and sort of team um, that can that can um, showcase them, and 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 this is what um, is is going to be on offer now. So um, really exciting for them. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it sort of develop. And uh, as you said, um, it's going to be a welcome addition to, to Guernsey FC and, and it's it's totally right. Uh, and uh, It's the right sort of structure for them. Um, and then what we hope at the end of it and, you know, maybe sort of medium term rather than short term, we'll end up with a, with an actual league structure as well locally, which will be brilliant. So, um, so uh, yeah, no, it's, it's exciting times for them. Yeah, fantastic. Really positive step. Um, just finally then, Westfield uh, comes to town on Saturday. I mean, what's your message to, to Guernsey FC supporters and, and the sort of football community ahead of it? Well, I think, you know, whilst the Island Games wasn't um, wasn't obviously, didn't go according to plan, the, the support that we had was phenomenal. Um, obviously, I appreciate it was free to get in, so that makes a big difference. And obviously, it's different, different opposition you're seeing. But, um, you know, what it's shown is that um, the football fraternity want to watch watch football and here's an opportunity now to sort of grab that again early on and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get a big crowd there. Um, I appreciate that obviously if the weather's good then people might have other things on but um, you know what's so important is that we have the crowd there because that, that helps to keep the, the club going um, in terms of support base and, and, and an opportunity to, to earn income to to, to um to then be able to pay for the next game. But um, what it's doing is it's, it's, it's providing another level of football. So, um, as I said, it would be great if we can get, you know, a few extra supporters down there that last year that the youngsters were really embracing it and it was fantastic to see them. So hopefully there's there's more and more people um, keen to, to come and watch. Brilliant. Well, best of luck. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see you down there. Okay, thanks, mate. GFC manager Tony Vance there. Um, yeah, the Green Lions kicking off at two o'clock at Footslane um, against Westfield. Um, they're away the following weekend and back in Guernsey on Bank Holiday Monday, uh, a 12 o'clock kickoff that one, South Park. But of course, we'll have reaction to their opening game of the season on next week's pod. Uh, Raiders, as we say, also in action down at Footslane, a two o'clock kickoff as well. So it is going to be busy down there. Welcome back. Uh, right, let's touch on the Commonwealth Youth Games then, because um, that's been going on over in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I, I think hotter and even wetter, I think, over there. There's been some, uh, there's been some heavy showers, I think, uh, which has been making life interesting for the cyclists. Guernsey have, have, have had two in action, um, Helena Duguid and Che Kennedy-Cook, um, alongside the eight swimmers who've been in the pool. Their competition continues um, for a couple of days yet uh, before they get back on Friday. Um, but the cycling is done and dusted. Um, the two guys were in action first in the time trial at the weekend and then in the road race on Monday. Um, so, yeah, really sort of busy couple of days for them. Um, an interesting couple of days of competition, I'm sure. And I caught up with Helena Duguid um, to find out how she's gotten out there and what she's made of the experience. It's been amazing. Like, we've met people from everywhere. I've made really good friends, obviously, South Africans and... Um, the team's proper gel together and I think we've just like it's been good to be around people with like the same sort of ambition of being at the games and wanting to do well and I think we've all tried like our hardest with it and the opening ceremony was amazing like the atmosphere at that was awesome because we came out I think middle really and watching all the other teams come through and then all the videos we got from that was just yeah I don't think you'd you saw the, the Island Games one and then we had the Trinidad one. I don't, and neither of them are comparable to, with each other. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, like Trinidad is much bigger than Guernsey, right? You know, the island games that kind of took over. But I mean, is there a sense that the island is kind of, uh, that Trinidad is like behind the games? You know, is there a lot of interest in it? I wouldn't say as much as Guernsey because we're so little, everything's so close. Like we've got to go get coaches towards all of our events. So it's like an hour, an hour coach there, coach back. But when you get to the event, it's amazing. Like the atmosphere around it and everyone seems to be supporting and you get the people coming out and watching, which is lovely. And all the volunteers, like, the amount of volunteers we have around here is just amazing. And speaking to them, asking where they've come from, they're like, oh, yeah, we've come from the bottom of the island, which is like a two-hour drive, and we're staying up here just so that we can help out with the games. And it's just like, I don't think I realised before I came over to Trinidad how big it was. I was like, oh, it's going to be like Guernsey, you know, little island. We'll get to the end of it in 20 minutes. <laughs> you can't do that over here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And obviously you guys... Um... The, you, you cyclists, there's two of you, um, you're in action in time trial and the road race. I mean, just talk us through what the competition was like. Um, you're, you're done and dusted now, but yeah, you had those two outings. I mean, yeah, how pleased are you with how you performed and, and what was it actually like? I performed so much better than I thought I would. I didn't know what I would have coming into these games, like how I would be. Obviously, after the Island Games, I was on a bit of a high. Um, and then after the crit, I was coming into this injured. So I came in with my, I've got a shoulder injury and a hip injury. And coming into I was like, well, you know, top 10 finish, I'll be really happy with for the TT. And I was like, I just want to finish the road race because I knew of the heat. Um, I came out with an eighth and a 12th. And I'm over the moon about how I did. Um, the riders have been well, top level. The Australians, as we expected, were amazing. And they've totally taken the whole like taking it all over but it's been great to race with people like that I wouldn't race with like on a general basis um the standard I've the standards that's been over here has just been has been amazing and um I think I started the road race yesterday hoping maybe to stay in the pack and the, the Australians made these attacks and I've never raced with something like that and it was trying to see how well I could gauge with them and in the end I got dropped off that pack but I found my own little bunch to to ride with and we rode well together um I led the pellet I led that little peloton out quite a while and yeah we kept this nice group and then it came to sprint finish and we finished the race yeah and as you said just to to, to finish and to finish so well um is a great achievement given the quality of the field is, is it really kind of you know do, do you feel like already that it's been a real motivation as well to sort of you know to, to carry on with your cycling and, and see what's next yeah I, I think just seeing, I, I've been speaking to the girls and they're all like to me, oh, well, we raced within a team in South Africa or, oh, like, you know, we've got all these races planned. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I get to the UK, it'd be great to be able to like, to do all this sort of stuff and maybe have those opportunities because it's not something you get as much coming from Guernsey, I guess, because it's the training, getting over to the UK, which is always an issue. But when we get to that, like, when I get to the UK, I'd love to be able to just like get like, get into a team and try my hardest like to stay well and with that within that and then maybe after that try for the the real commonwealth games well the adult commonwealth games um because i've just done the junior ones which should be so be great to do those afterwards yeah brilliant and obviously you've had che alongside you uh in the guernsey team and you i guess you'll have been um staying on to, to watch him and cheer him on after to your races um how do you think he's fed oh, he's an amazing like that boy should be so proud of himself he's he crashed the day on the course recce the day before the race and he went and blew out the park on the TT even though he might think he didn't and then to come back in the road race and be finishing in the main pack and looking so strong throughout the whole race I was watching him from the sidelines just 
I called his mum at one point telling her how he was doing and it was just great to like to watch how well he was racing within that like that boy's good that boy can go places with his cycling he was that good like he should be so proud of how he's like so proud of how he's done yeah fantastic and I mean yeah just what's the experience been like kind of away from the cycling um you sort of touched on at the start you know there's some of the people you've met but um have there been things that have really surprised you about the place and the competition and and the whole experience I think everyone's been so lovely over here like I wouldn't have like everyone's been lovely as I said and we've gelled really well as a team and we've done things like go to the pool in the evenings and chat and um just go hang out with people you wouldn't expect to hang out with we've had team team like meals which we didn't get in the island games coffee because of home games and it's been nice just to have like a debrief in the evening with Dusty and KB and and like speech Che if like if I have an issue be like all right like how how do we sort this or like just talking about how we could like how we can improve our like improve our race the next day and just like comparing notes and also being able to compare notes with other people that have got the same sort of idea as I do and yeah it's just been amazing just to meet all these other people and meet people that I would have never thought I would have met even like even though the commies like some of them are talking about like where they've come from it's like Fiji took five flights to get here and like other places have taken three or four so it's just it's just amazing yeah oh well safe travels back and um yeah well done uh yeah we'll, we'll see you in a few days yeah see you in a few days Helena Duguid speaking to me there from Trinidad. Um, yeah, a couple of days left to go in those Commonwealth Youth Games over there and before Team Guernsey head back uh, this way. Um, it's been an interesting, I'd say to say the least, I guess, um, kind of a couple of weeks on the sort of new side of the Commonwealth mm-hmm. Games because, um, yeah, it's looking very, very uncertain in terms of the full games now. Obviously, we heard a couple of weeks ago that um, Victoria had pulled out of hosting the next games in 2026. Um, this week, uh, we've heard that Alberta, who were due to host in 2030, have also scrapped um, their plans to host it. So um, as things stand, there is no... There are no bids on the table. There are no hosts on the table for the full Commonwealth Games, which, um, yeah, is, you know, considering how important it's been to Guernsey athletes mm-hmm. down the years, Gareth, that's pretty concerning. It is, Tony. It is sort of like the pinnacle of what most of our local athletes can achieve to represent the island at the Commonwealth Games is is sort of like such a, such a focus and such a highlight for so many of them. Um, yeah, it seems the case with, as with so many things in the world these days, that sort of rising costs are just... Um, just sort of killing these things off almost. It's, I mean, I know the Victoria Premier said their their costs have pretty much tripled from what they originally budgeted, and I think Alberta's was going along a similar route. So you can almost understand why they can't commit to hosting the event now, but it'd be such a shame if it was to to sort of like just almost slide away in, into non-existence just um, because you, you see how important it is to not just to Guernsey, but to so many of the perhaps smaller nations without wanting to be derogatory about it. But when Birmingham happened last year, it was such a fantastic event and it sort of brought out um, the supporters in their droves as well or in, to the to the streets. I remember watching the, the cycling around there and there's just huge numbers out there watching. Um, it is a great event and, it's, and it is a big event, but perhaps it might need to perhaps shrink a little, I don't know, just to sort of like so that these budgets don't get so out of hand. But um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a great shame, certainly for Guernsey Sport, if we were to lose the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I mean, it was just a year ago that uh, with those yeah glorious 10 days or so in Birmingham, two medalists, um, Lucy Viracourt with silver in the bowls, Ala Chalmers with that amazing bronze, uh, <laughs> sort of dramatic and exuberant bronze uh, in the 400 hurdles. I mean, yeah, 
it would be a crying shame if it if it if it doesn't happen again. I mean, I'm I'm sure there'll be a commitment. Well, there is. Well, I think in fact the head of the CGF said they're confident they can find a solution. There was talk of it maybe um, being pushed back to 2027 uh, to give them a little bit more time to find a host for the next one. But it's just when you look at the the sports involved as well. You know, the likes of lawn bowls, squash netball as well which you know aren't olympic sports so you know for those sports to be involved in um in the you know in a multi-sport kind of huge event um yeah you know they thrive thrive off it and rely on it for sure uh, and also i just think you know when you look at the cities that have hosted it in the uk you know who knows when well i'm sure london will host another olympics down the line but you know who knows when and that's probably out of the reach of of the other cities um that have hosted it in the uk but when you think of like glasgow birmingham manchester have all had these fantastic weeks of sport and and kind of giving people the opportunity in those places and, and bringing that buzz of a big major sporting event um yeah it, it's a fantastic thing so hopefully they'll uh, they'll find a way um to make it happen and it in four years' time. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the places you mentioned, Tony, they, they all did sort of fantastic jobs of hosting these events. I think looking forward, you almost need those sort of cities which have now the infrastructure to host these events to do it again rather than, I mean, Victoria trying to sort of take it to new new venues, new towns, what have you, and that's where the cost built up, you know, trying to build athlete villages as well as perhaps new sports stadia. That's where the cost suddenly starts to rise and go through the roof. You know, London, it's got so much already there. It could host another Olympics probably tomorrow if you needed it to. But it is probably going to be the case that those um, areas, I mean, I was lucky enough to go to Melbourne for the Commonwealth Games 2006, and they've got so many great sports stadiums just in that city that you'd imagine it, it wouldn't be that big a hardship on Melbourne to host another Commonwealth Games. I mean, obviously not perhaps in a couple of years. It, it does take some time to prepare for them. But yeah, just just having that infrastructure available already, I think, is probably going to be key going down the line. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you, you know, you look at the well, look at the Island Games this summer in Guernsey and the impact it has on people seeing that stuff in the flesh. I don't think you can really kind of put a, you can overestimate really the, the impact it can have. And as you say, lots of these cities are you know will never host Olympic Games or, mm-hmm. or you know won't for many many years. And this is as close as you get to that and and in and in and its own special way as well so um yeah we'll see how it plays out we'll be following it very closely of course here um well let's touch on uh, a couple of teams that are traveling away a couple of guernsey teams away in europe this week um we'll come on to the touch euros in a moment um but let's just uh turn our attention to the cricket because guernsey's under 19s are in the netherlands um their first game against scotland was washed out and then they were in action against uh, the host in the second game uh, a pretty tough encounter as it as it played out Gareth. Yeah, I mean, when the fixture list came out for the for this uh, qualifying tournament, Tony, Guernsey's first two games against Scotland and Netherlands would have been straight away. Those are the two hardest fixtures they're going to have anyway. So it's almost quite nice to get them out of the way, I think. And um, it's almost perhaps a bonus that they got a point out of it because of the weather. Um, but yeah, the, the Netherlands proved too strong for our lads. I mean, we were bowled out for 46. I, I did sort of say a couple of weeks ago, I think our bowling is, is pretty good at under-19 level. Um, our batting is perhaps a bit fragile, obviously. They, they go out there, they, they've had a few nets and what have you, but to go into a match of that magnitude um, without having played already, it, it was always going to be tough. Um, but their next two games are sort of Norway and Italy, who were both here last year as part of the um, Division Two tournament. We beat both of them over here. So you'd imagine these are the sort of the next couple of days in that tournament are, are where Guernsey really actually sort of like 
rate themselves amongst that group of six that are there in the Netherlands this week. Yeah, best of luck to them in those games. Hopefully we'll see them bounce back, as you say, against Norway on Wednesday. Uh, also, a best of luck to Guernsey's mixed team who are heading to the Touch Euros in Vichy uh, in France. Um, by the sounds of it, quite a, a challenging place to get to. I think they've sort of had to go around the houses to get there and they will do it as well on the way back. Um, but Nonetheless, um, a trip they'll be eager to, to make, I'm sure. It's been five years since Guernsey Touch was represented um, in European competition. So, yeah, really exciting moment for them. Um, they're taking 16 players, half of whom uh, are making their debut at the event. Some of them, as you hear, um, are sort of touch-first players, um, you know, players who primarily uh, that the sport is their focus. Others, you know, obviously, rugby is an obvious... Um, uh, you know, an obvious sport to transition from. And there's a, a couple of the Guernsey uh, Raiders ladies uh, in the setup. Um, also, Becca Toll, who uh, was involved for Guernsey at the Island Games in the athletics, winning uh, medals there. Um, she's in the mix. So yeah, they go there very much eager to uh, kind of reacquaint themselves with European competition. And before they headed off, I caught up with their coach, Garth Owen. Um, it's been about five years. So we're really excited to um, see what the rest of Europe's like because we haven't played against them for uh, quite a long time. Um, and the Euros is always a really, really fun one because we get to play some of the smaller nations as well. To have the opportunity to go away and play against fresh opposition in, in an exciting tournament, how big a sort of motivation is it for, for you guys playing Touch and Guernsey? Yeah, it's a huge motivation. Um, something great about uh, living in such a small land is you get the opportunity to play some international sports. Um, we're using the Euros here as a bit of a platform. We've got the World Cup next year, which is where we really want to show who we are. Yeah, amazing. And just give us a sense of what the competition is like. As you say, um, some of the smaller nations are involved, so there's maybe an opportunity to, to, to be competitive. Um, yeah, what, what's, the, what's the expectation in terms of the, the level that you're going to come up against? Yeah, we're, we're not entirely sure. There's a couple of nations there that we are going to have to just admit we won't beat. The Englands and Wales of the world are just very, very strong. Um, the other nations can be a bit of a mixed bag. They usually send a strong and uh, enthusiastic team, but we always hope to be competitive against them. Yeah, awesome. And looking at the, the kind of squad that you've got out uh, training here today, I mean, there's some players that, are, you know, you recognise from other sports, from, from rugby, particularly from, from netball. You've got some players who are kind of, I suppose, pure touch players as well. Um, how has the sport evolved in that sense? Have you, got, have you got a lot of players who are, who are sort of kind of touch first, if you like? Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the players here are touch first. Um, if you look at a couple of our more experienced players, um, Alfie and Sharky, they've been playing the game for around 20 years now, and it's their main sport, like me. Um, we've got a few uh, kind of superstars there, though. Um, Becca from the Island Games with a few gold medals. Um, so there's a again, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but generally everyone's quite um, quite keen on the touch. Yeah, awesome. And how has the sport evolved over the last few years? Because I know, sort of going back. Probably yeah, 10, 20 years. You know, you mentioned the guys that have been playing for a while. Um, there was a sort of massive sort of boom in the sport in Guernsey, and, it, and it's still going strong. But has it has it evolved as a sort of technical discipline, if you like? Because it, it looks like you've got to work very hard on on your sort of drills and stuff. Uh, the game gets harder every year. Um, the uh, the FIT, the Federation of International Touch, always change the rules to uh, to make the game harder and harder. <laughs> and uh, yeah, every every year the competition gets stronger. So um, we have to just rise to that challenge. What kind of rule changes have you been sort of dealing with then recently? What's the kind of top of your mind? Um, the, the most recent couple, there's one um, which is changing the distance you have to run back from five meters to seven meters, which just makes it a bit more fitness based. 
Um, and the second one is just a technical change to the defensive line ruling, where the defence can now shift across as, as they like rather than having to commit to one direction. And that makes trying to score past them a bit harder. Yeah, great. And does it, do, I mean, do you get the sense that the sport, uh, sport touch is, is evolving and still growing in popularity and, and kind of competitiveness? Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely growing in popularity. Um, here on Guernsey, we've always managed to have around uh, 200 solid registered players. But you can see the numbers in other nations like England where it skyrockets into the tens of thousands. Yeah, what's the aim going into to next week? Um, so our, our ambitious aim is to get into those top four places. Um, but if we fail that, then we want to really hit that fifth spot. Garth Owen, uh, Guernsey Touch's uh, mixed coach, um, uh, speaking to me there ahead of their trip to France for the Touch Euros. That uh, gets underway on Wednesday, the competition, um, and continues through to the weekend. Um, so yeah, we wish them the best of luck. We'll be following their progress as well. Um, so stay tuned to us here on the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast and, of course, um, to the paper each day this week. Right, that's just about it from us. Um, just before we go, though, let's just talk darts um, because Jamie Ingrall was down at Northfield over the weekend covering the Grand Slam of darts, which has um, in five years or so become um, one of the kind of marquee events of the local season. Um, and it threw up a very, very competitive and interesting final as Jamie popped in to tell us. Yeah, so it's a new kid on my block when it comes to like major Guernsey darts competitions. So it's a two-day competition at Northfield. You'll have you'll have group stages on the first day. Then you come down on Saturday evening and it will be a really hard-fought competition in between 16 of Guernsey's top players. Yeah, it always seems to produce the final that everyone wants. So you'll have the two top players battling for the top honours. And yeah... um. Seeing Jason Orley win the final 5-4 against Mark Fletcher Jr., who would be considered by many to be Guernsey's top player, it was a it was a massive moment. And you could see from his reaction how much it meant to him. So congratulations, Jason. Yeah, why was it such a big moment for him? Has he been kind of looking for that big win for a while? <laughs> he's someone, I guess. He's been at the top of local darts for a while. And yeah, he's one of our all-time greats. But this trophy has come along relatively recently. It's something which he hasn't got in his cabinet. So yeah, he's lost to Mark before in the final. And the way it was going in this year's final sort of seems to be, it could be a repeat of that. He, Jason was leading 4-1 at one point. It's best of nine. Um, Mark makes a real comeback to make it 4-4. And then he's ahead on the decider. And he only needs to check out a 36. But when you get Jason, he really digs deep and just manages to get the perfect checkout from 94. Like he needed that checkout. And yeah, <laughs> he just immediately rocks into celebration when he realises what he's done. And what's coming up in darts? What's uh, what's next on the agenda? I mean, we've got a good series of local darts leagues and they're just taking registrations. And in terms of other major tournaments, I guess it has to be the Home Open, which is another relatively new event, which sort of share, I'd say, is sort of sharing top billing among like major tournaments with the Grand Slam as it stands. So that's on in October. Yes. Oh, brilliant. All right. Lots to look forward to on the darts front. Um, before you go, I've got to <laughs> mention the Interfirm Relay um, we spoke about at the start of the pod. A big decision, Jamie. I'm not going to uh, put you under too much pressure, but uh, I feel like you've uh, you've cutting yourself out for, uh, for a future in sport administration, I think. Not afraid to make the big calls. Yeah, I think a bit of context. We <laughs> had five runners going to four spots and the other four were really good. So with a lot of regret, I had to make Tony first reserve. 
Well, there we go. I'll uh, see if I can find three other people to, to jog around with. Uh, thanks very much, Jamie. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Cheers, Tony. Our colleague Jamie there, Gareth, uh, I had to take him to task on the uh, the, the relay selection, um, but I thought he, he defended his position very well, so I will put that one to bed now. Um, right, that is it for us for this week. Uh, make sure you pick up a copy of the paper Monday to Saturday for the very best local sports coverage. We're also, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and threads at GSY Press Sport is the place to find us there. And if you're not already, do follow the show on whichever podcast platform you're using. Um, that way, every episode will drop straight into your feed. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, cheers, Gareth. We'll see you next time. Cheers, Tony.